This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Big one for Nebraska basketball. Ten-point winners on the road at Rutgers. We'll talk about that and more here on the block. Nobody better to talk Husker basketball with than the man wearing Nebraska on his chest today, as he did for a handful of years. Eric Strickland, Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet. There it is, Strickland. This is our old, like, our old, um, you know. Warm-up? Kind of tops. Heck yeah. Old school. That's next. This is on the block. <laughs> yeah, the old school yeah, jersey. Yeah. That, not the old school team, but the old school jersey. Yes, sir. Absolutely. How you doing today, man? Great. Good. Now, I'm, I'm going to call it a, a shocking win for Nebraska last night, a, a slightly surprising win, but more surprising than the fact that Nebraska was able to win was how they won. Yeah. They handled pressure well, and they finished strong. There wasn't really any doubt for the outcome over the last couple minutes because Nebraska took care of business. And that's what I was most impressed about. They turned it over early. They got them out of their system for the most part. And to lead by 12, end up winning by 10, Strike that that was a muscle-flexing performance by Nebraska. Hey, there's no question about it. And and I just loved a lot of the stuff uh, that they did in this game. Meaning, you knew, and we talked about it on the show. I mean, this is something we talked about extensively on the show, is that they're going to come in, they're going to try to bully them, and if you look at and go back and watch the first, you know, good eight minutes, ten minutes of that game, every time they cut, there was a little shoulder or a little arm bar, a little they – were, they were bumping their cuts, hitting them pretty hard, uh, leveraging them really, really hard uh, in different plays. And <clears throat> Nebraska just stayed the course. They just kept cutting. They kept running. They kept doing that. They kept poised. Yes, had some mistakes and had some turnovers early. early. But what I loved about it is once they got a lead, Rutgers continued to push and make runs. You knew they were going to throw that at you. You knew it was going to happen. But they stayed poised. They made mistakes. And they didn't let it compound to where you just kind of have. So one of the things that Nebraska has done this game, more so than any, is they didn't have those long lulls, those eight-minute droughts, seven, ten-minute droughts that they that has plagued them in their past and in some of their games that they've had trouble in. And so that was impressive to me to see that. Um, there's some little minor things that I would watch and observe and, 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 and give account to. Like, for example, um, you know, if, if, if I happen to be around or whatever, and, you know, it could be a text or something, but what, one of the things that they do in their double teams – is they stay longer than they need to. Mm. This is this is going to be something they need to address because they're going to need to make sure that they're not giving up opportunities like that to an Iowa or somebody at home or even when they play in this game. If you're going to double team, that's cool. But what was happening was 
Um, I, I'll give you an example. There was a mismatch um, switch that Tamanaga ended up on. I can't remember who the player was, but ended up in a in a post. They hit him in the post. Greasel comes over low. They double. Most teams now in their double teams, to include your Dickinson and your Edies, they're standing and they're looking to pass. Is they're not even really being aggressive on, on. Um, on the, uh, they're not hunting their own. They're shot. not hunting the shots in yeah. those moments, right? And so what happened was Greasel came, the guy retreat dribbles, goes out towards a couple dribbles towards the three, mm-hmm. and they stay. That's the that you can't do that in those situations. You have to leave. So the best thing to do on that is you stay with the double. Greasel stays with the big the bigger player. Mm-hmm. Tamanaga shoots weak side. Uh, far weak because that's where the play is going to go. So if they yeah. kick it out, you know, it's going to go to that next guy on the far weak side. So you would save yourself. And what ended up happening? He ended up hitting the three. So those are situations that they're going to have to work out because teams are going to do that. They're going to they're going to they're going to create a mismatch, create a switch, and they're going to look for those opportunities to find guys in on the weak side. How much of that is? coach to say that long and how much of that is feel for when Nebraska should leave because you don't want the guy to take one dribble you automatically retreat and then he backs down a smaller guy in the post but like you said if you stay too long as big as those guys are they can see over a lot of Nebraska right. double teams and they're good enough passers that's an easy skip pass for well them. that's what I'm saying you come you come with Greasel right yeah even if you came with Wiltshire okay I, I'm okay with that um, I'm not even scared of having Hoiberg there because Hoiberg's a little more physical. Sure. Feisty. You know, a little more athletic and jumping and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So you send whoever you're sending on the double team, leave him there except the big man. Now the big man's got to retreat. If he does, he's going to come back into your lane. You send a weak side guy into the lap and force him to make a shot over two. You know, so, so you can redouble yes, instead of sticking to Yes, the yes. If you stick what the any any guy in the post that's worth his salt knows that the more you drag this double team with me, whether it be in a pick and roll or whether it be in the post, the more you drag this double team away, the further he's got to run, which gives him my guy more time to get a shot. So you have to try to eliminate that. Don't stay too long, get out of it, and then uh come back if you need to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 402-464-5685, the number for you to get in all show along with any thoughts on Nebraska basketball's win over Rutgers last night. You mentioned Sam Griesel. To me, this was the best game he played at Nebraska. Not as high as scoring, yeah. but to me, it was the most important game that he played, and I thought Sam Griesel controlled the game for Nebraska, which he had to do. Against a team that you know pressures like Rutgers does, you needed your senior point guard to rise to the occasion. 12 points, 11 rebounds is great. He also adds five assists but only one turnover mm-hmm. against a team that wanted to turn Nebraska yeah. over, and he matched up pretty well on defense with Rutgers. I was really impressed with Sam Griesel last night. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a key. That was a key to the game, his poise. But guess what? We talked about that yesterday as well on the mm-hmm. block, is it's going to look very reminiscent and similar to what St. John's was going to throw, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. They were, it was press, mm-hmm. it was, and, and he learned, he grew out of it and, and had tremendous poise. Having that kind of poise calms things down. It unnerves people. It allows them to relax. You need somebody that has the capability of doing that, getting the ball to certain spots. Now, I will say that there were there were times where Jamarcus Lawrence and and uh, 
Um, you know, there was one time where D walk went, you can't go into those dead zones. You, you, you nope. know, don't go to those dead zones where the advantage then becomes the defense. And so there were a couple of times they got, they got themselves in that situation, but listen, uh, D walk was a man. He handled his business, uh, getting it done eight out of 10, um, didn't get to the free throw line, but then, um, just one, just one piece that we talk, we talk about sometimes with regards to D, um, obviously Amore had some five blocks and a few of those was on D walk. Now it's not that D uh, Amore did anything special. It's just that it was that sack. Mm -hmm. It was that off man. D walk had tremendous space. Mm -hmm. D walk goes, gets into it, closes space, but not body. So the angle, we talked about the angle. Mm -hmm. When you have that angle with a shot blocker, you're not going to win that battle. So that's the one that I talked about. If D-Walk doesn't want to take that that little show, shoot your little floater. You've got a great jump hook with both hands. Mm -hmm. Just go a couple dribbles towards him and drop him off something proper with a with a nice little floater and it's the same thing it'll work the same way so um that that's something that you know as they continue to play against shot blockers as they come down the stretch uh that's something that i would add i would just add it in there just because mm-hmm. they're there that did happen a few times other than that man they they just they ran their offense they executed and that was another key component execution when you get a lead when you need a bucket You've got to execute your your plays, and I know that they ran the same play, dang near, almost the whole second half, mm-hmm. is because they couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Run run it like the old Utah Jazz used to do until <laughs> it don't break no more. Someone you know? proves they can stop it. Okay, yeah. we'll try something else. But yeah. I mean, to put up eighty two points on a team allowing fewer than sixty yeah. in their home gym with the cast of characters you have, is huge. And a lot of that, to me, Strick, came down to, yes, Derek Walker playing like a stud. Sam Griesel playing like a stud. Mm-hmm. Keisei Tomonaga adjusting to how physical Rutgers was being to their length and finding ways to get shots off hitting some big ones. But guys that we'll, you know, we've talked about, but I think still go under the radar when you think of this team, are C.J. Wilshire, who's been cold, hot last night, and Sam Hoiberg. Basically, since he's played, he's hit a key shot in every game. And he attacks the rim. He does. Mm-hmm. Just how important are those contributions from the role guys? Where you're not asking C.J. Wilcher to be a stud. You're not asking Sam Hoiberg to be a stud. You're just asking them to do their job. How important are those role-playing guys, you know, as as you look at a team sport like basketball? Well, it, it's it's very important. But it, it they've, they've gained confidence over this last stretch of a month. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to get out there. You know, it, it, it makes for Sam to be able to step up there with confidence because the team believes in him. Mm-hmm. They practice with him. They see what they can do. They believe in them. They get their opportunity. They they meet the challenge when the opportunity presents itself. That's mm-hmm. that's what you just got to be ready for. That's what, that's all you do is you prepare for as a as a guy that's a support role guy. You you prepare for the opportunity. And as it presents, i.e. Blaze Keita the other night, mm-hmm. you know, not feeling well, still kind of. You know, um, touching up some injury situations, but yet still gave everything he had. Got on the floor, made you know, made his body, took charges, mm-hmm. and then don't really play tonight because the matchups didn't match up for him. See, the matchups, um, what 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 it looked like they wanted to do in in the starting of CJ Wilcher, more ball handling and more shooting. Mm-hmm. You just hope that CJ's ready for the challenge. He was, mm-hmm. and that's why you have the kind of game because the scouting report wasn't. 
they weren't they weren't they weren't looking at CJ from a standpoint. They knew he was dangerous, but they weren't looking at him. And hand down, man down, uh, about three times CJ mm-hmm. hit him with the hezzy, the hezzy and pop, mm-hmm. and bust him with an eyeball sandwich. Yes, sir. And so you had those that happening quite a bit, and and that was good and that was positive. But again, um, I love the execution. I love this, the halting of runs. The quiet. There's nothing greater than when you're in a opposing person's uh, arena than to shut them up. Absolutely. Uh, to the text line, we go to wrap up this segment, Strika. Giltnerd has asked a couple times today now the cylinder violation. He thinks it's the dumbest rule uh, in basketball, and he's never mm-hmm. heard of it before. So so what is the cylinder violation, and what makes okay. it foul? So in, in, in the past, in a double team, you can body crowd – you can go hard with your chest into people, walk up and lock them, in, lock them in, right? Well, you can still create space, and if they invade your space, you got offensive. Mm-hmm. If you invade their space, that cylinder. So basically, they're saying an offensive player has a certain amount of space. Yes, you can get there, be big, mm-hmm. close space, but if you encroach. In cylinder and and body contact is happening, then you you're 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 going to be uh, prone to get a a cylinder violation. You can be close to a guy, you just can't walk up underneath him. Yeah, you right? can't you can't you can't overly you know body lean in, walk in. Now, if if he if you're big and he tries to step through, you've got every right to that. You can close it. It ain't a cylinder. He's stepping into your your space. It's just they're they're trying to eliminate people over, you know, crowding yeah. people. Because you have to be able to establish defensive position and own your space. But at the same time, the offense has a right to that space as well. Right. Yeah. And that's the, that's just by rule. Yep. So, Giltner, I hope that answers your question about the cylinder violation. It was on uh, Breidenbach. Which isn't surprising. I feel like yeah. he can get called for one or two of those about every game. And again, that's a guy that his head, I think, is in or his heart's in the right place. Yeah. Sometimes I think the game's just going too fast for him. He gets a little out of control, gets yeah. sped up a little bit. Yeah. Because he's usually in good position, but he'll take that one extra step yeah. in that call. Yeah. And 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 and, and he was doing it uh, in pick and roll situations too. Like mm-hmm. the guys by you. And he'll hip check a guy, and it's like you're not going to get away with that. You know that's what they're watching. So yeah, he would do little things and get extra fouls that he didn't necessarily need. And so yeah, just be big, be big, be strong, be physical, but not like you know over aggressive like that. For sure. Uh, Starter Heyman text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. Keep the thoughts rolling. And also got to shout out Mary Ellen's. Can't believe we missed that at the start of the show. They're back open today, so make sure you swing by. Tonight for supper, pick up your plate of soul food from Mary Ellen's. Shout out to Charles and his crew. When we come back, we'll take a look, a little bigger picture at college basketball. Blue Bloods are down. Kansas is doing fine. UCLA's doing fine. Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, not great. Some new blood at the top of the sport. We'll get into that. Is that good for the sport, bad for the sport? What do we make of these new teams? All that and more on the other side. 